outside mad cause I never call Now she talking crazy trying to spill it all Yeah, I'm 12 shots in, man, I swear to God The life is a bitch, but she get me off Cause I'm still Ballin', ballin' Ballin', ballin' Ballin', ballin' Yeah, she know I do the damn thing Ballin', ballin' I'm ballin', ballin' Ballin', ballin' Baby, it ain't a damn thing Just had a dime, hit me on my line Hello, everybody, and yes, yes, this is Oki Podcast. Uh, don't be alarmed about the song. That song is actually the single that my guests have dropped recently. It's called Ballin'. Um, so my guests for today are Jordan Brown and Justin Brown. Uh, they are the group AIA. And so what's going on, fellas? How's it going? Hey, what an what intro. Up? We AIA, we out here, we them boys. That's right. AIA uh, is their group. AIA, uh, yeah. uh, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. Um, Everywhere. Yeah. We're just really happy to be here. Thanks for having us. I know we've been uh, trying to get it together for a while now. but <laughs> Yeah, and shit. I feel like I'm experiencing some <laughs> guilt over that, you know? I feel like I feel like we could have got our shit together sooner, <laughs> you know? And we're just grateful that your door was open for us. All we have a very timing. low bar reputation. We have a very... <laughs> <laughs> the barrier to entry is shit. <laughs> I know, like, well, like, I got real busy, too, and then, what what happened? Like, uh, did you guys get, something happened, like, to where you guys can come or something, and then I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm busy, but yeah. all in good timing. I don't know. Our lives can be pretty chaotic. I know. They can. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we they both can. got kids and all that. We got mm-hmm. kids and, 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 and jobs, and, yeah. Yeah. and I write as well, and. Yeah. We're, we're, we're working on a record and uh, I don't know I, I I think a lot of the chaos has carried over personally from this past year and from the pandemic and how how weird it was and how much um, how much non-progress accumulated during yeah. that time you know what I mean there, there were certain things you could do as an online entity um, but to not be able to go out and play shows and and to actually go to a studio physically and record and um, I think losing that sense of momentum kind of put my brain in a weird state, and I didn't really know how to to get back into the groove of, you know, of of being an active artist again. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and so it's it's been it's been weird because we're still working on a record, but we're trying to figure out how to play shows again and when to play shows and and where the funding needs to go and how to promote the record and do shows like this. Um, and so figuring it all out has has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Because of course it's been hard to even just come back to normal life in every other aspect as well, you know, in in, in our jobs and in our personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm whining. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's having to do this, and so yeah, uh, we're trying to figure Feels it good. out. Feels and good though. We be back doing this stuff. It does. We uh, recently put out a new song and music video called Ballin', and that was like us coming back out of the quarantine and all that and dropping something new and now we're just out here promoting it and doing cool stuff like this and it feels great 
It really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- promoting this single has been difficult. Uh, the single, the single's balling. Uh, it would mean a lot if you guys could go check it out. Um, because Facebook won't really let us promote it directly. They won't let us run ads. They won't let us uh, do sponsored posts because of um, content violations. Or like, like we can, we uploaded it to Facebook. They're letting us do that, and mm-hmm. we can share a YouTube link and promote that. But I guess they don't like the language in the song, and there's partial nudity, what they call partial nudity in sexual situations, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's it's not really super explicit but we can't promote that directly so we're having to find creative ways to do it hmm. so th- having said that we really appreciate being here <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> long-winded way of saying uh great thanks. to be here thanks yeah. <laughs> check out our single well um for the listeners guys um could you tell um you know where you're from and what was growing up like? You know, did you move around? Did you grow up here? And uh, what kind of just led into being uh, musicians? I I believe you know. You guys were telling me that you you know you you've you've done like a lot more um, before even you know evolving into the sound that you're doing yep. now. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a long history with music. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I've played in in concert band and jazz band growing up and. Um, in, in my parents' church as well, um, pretty much anywhere that I could play music, I did. Um, and we always had, we were always in bands growing up. In high school, we were always starting a band, starting a rock band. That was a cool thing back then, right? It was. Now you don't you don't hear that as much anymore. Kids are they're all solo artists. Whenever they're 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 creating music, they're doing it themselves. They're creating beats. Um, you see a lot of solo artists and solo musicians. But back when we were growing up, I'm kind of old. I'm 29. Um, yeah. bands was the thing everyone wanted to be in a band so you'd have two guitarists you'd have a bass player you'd have a singer you'd have a drummer mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of the scene we grew up in and so despite always having a particular interest in in hip-hop and in pop music more generally um excuse we, me we grew up towards the end of kind of the the emo wave mm-hmm. uh that played out in the alternative the rock chemical scene. Chemical Romance, Fallout yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Panic at the Disco, Taking Back Sunday, The Used. And it's awesome because hip hop music now has, draws on so many of those elements, and yeah. you see all these different genres converging. Yeah, that's right. Like, and, look at artists like Juice World and Rod Wave and Lil Peep and Post Malone and The Weeknd, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, Roddy Rich. Yeah, they all have guitar like mm-hmm. guitar lines, like straight up rock electric guitar lines, which I think is cool as fuck. Right. So it's kind of a natural evolution. We kind of just evolved with uh, with music, the music that we liked and the music that was kind of popular as well. Yeah, and it was weird because I feel like Justin's always been the, the brainchild of, of all the projects that we do. And um, he's always been the primary songwriter and in many cases the only songwriter. And it's weird to have all these other musicians and um, to just try to get them to emulate your idea. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and he's such... A uniquely talented songwriter, I can say this because I'm not. <laughs> but he's such a uniquely talented songwriter that I think it, it doesn't make sense to have all these other musicians, but it not really be the collaborative effort that you're trying to make it seem that it is. You know, mm-hmm. we just boiled it down to just me and him. And at first, it was kind of weird to figure out how to do it because it's like, oh, are we a band like 21 Pilots or, or what are we? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's still two of us, right? And 
Well, basically what we've ended up doing is find a creative way to perform our beats, to make our, our hip-hop music performative. Um, so I have an Alesis sample pad, which I use to... You don't see this a lot in, in hip-hop music, but I'm actually performing the beats live. Oh, really? We're, we're not just playing mm -hmm. to a backtrack. We do have a backtrack going, but uh -huh. I'm playing the actual beats, the drums, the snare, the hi-hat. Well, that I'm, was in a video, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. you can see that yep. in the Ballin video okay. and the Satellites video. Yep. Okay, yeah. So. I saw the video, and then I saw you playing it. Yeah. So that's, I know what you're talking about. I right. sit here and be like, what? what? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, which I guess. That's cool. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't really know how to explain it to the yeah. listener, but you can yeah. look at our videos, and it's a uh, kind of like a, a drum machine. It's just a little square, little rectangle. And, um, yeah, I'm little... glad you noticed. I feel like it does set us apart from other hip-hop artists, for sure. Like, right. we bring that... Um, that instrumental aspect to it because we we're, we're musicians and we want to showcase that and as well, you know, so. Yeah. I think that's great. That's a lot of people in, in this scene, a lot of artists, um, they're not necessarily, they don't play instruments as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's great that we do because, um, not that, that we're better or anything like that, but because I'm not a vocalist, I can't rap, I can't sing, I can't do what they do, but what I can bring to this project is performing the music. It's performing the beats and doing that live. That's what I, that's what I do, mm -hmm. you know. So I think um, that kind of justifies the existence of the group in a way, mm -hmm. right? Instead of it just being a, a solo artist. So what what all instruments do you play? Do you play like all of them or no? Uh, so basically, the percussion. So for each song, we decide what I'm going to perform on it, right? Mm -hmm. We, we create these songs and compose them and write them in the studio or before we go to the studio. But uh, we decide what I'm going to be able to emulate live. A mm -hmm. lot of times what it boils down to is performing what the drums otherwise would have been. So like the hi-hats, the bass drum, the snares, the toms. And the, in some very few cases, it may be a bass line, a synth line, or even some kind of backup vocals. Mm -hmm. But we assign a sound to each pad for each song. And then I, I play it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's weird to explain. Yeah. Um, you almost have to kind of see us doing it live. Yeah. But, um, it's really it, performative. It's really cool because a lot of people who are into hip-hop music may not necessarily be into um, organic instrumental performances. And so they're used to hearing the beats but not seeing someone manually play them with drumsticks. And mm -hmm. that's like a really yeah. cool vibe, I, I think. Just right. seeing you do that and it adds this whole element to the to the live show. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. It's this energy. And then I'm, I might even break out an electric guitar because I, I play guitar as well. And a lot of these hip-hop songs I actually still write on guitar. And then we translate it into an electronic medium. But, uh, yeah, we have guitar riffs in a lot of our songs. that So our, our live shows will still very much be like a rock show. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really and, fun. Uh, We're excited to get back out there. Yeah, I think the best way to describe it is, is being like a drummer playing beats. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of instead of playing the kit. Because in a lot of hip-hop songs, you're not hearing acoustic drums. Mm -hmm. Acoustic drums never goes into the process of making the song. It's all created on a computer. And you can tell the difference. They sound different, you know? Mm -hmm. Beats sound different than a live drum sounds. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to create the kind of music that has beats because we like hip-hop music. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to be part of the band. I wanted to play it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to perform it. And so we found a way to do that. Um, it's pretty much, it's kind of like an electronic drum set, except I don't sit down at it. It's, you know, eight pads right in front of me. I get a pair of drumsticks and I play it in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've never seen any other artist do it like this before. So it's hard to, to really even explain. But 
I think if people go look at uh, the Satellites music video and look at the Ballin music video, and they'll get the kind of idea of um, how we're going to bring this to the stage. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really excited to do it. Have you performed anywhere? Like, Not in this way. Not in this way yet? No, not in this way. What was our last show? Was it the release party for our first EP? I think it was, yeah. Which Damn. It's been like You what? didn't have your sample patch then, did you? No. Yeah. No, we were, I was still playing live drums. We were playing slightly different music. That was when, then. yeah, that was when our genre was uh, pop, more pop than it had been before. Maybe closer to like a Maroon 5 type vibe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like Fallout Boy, Maroon 5. You can still mm-hmm. check that music out as well. Um, yeah, that whole EP is available still on iTunes, I know for sure. And basically yeah, all. it's called yeah. Our Funeral and the After Party. EP, yeah. Um, yes, AIA, Our Funeral and the After Party. It's on Apple Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So, so what does that name mean? A I A. Well, I have a. <laughs> so I have a, a lot now. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a crazy time trying to pronounce it because I went to school called I A I A. So every time uh, like I say A I A, I want to. Well, put when the you hear I. what it stands for, <laughs> it's even harder to pronounce because <laughs> it stands for automatic I am. Uh, and so <clears throat> that's was the name of the band we were in in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, it was me and Jordan, and then like four or five other guys. Yeah, it's kind of paying homage to the the band that we used to have, um, and the fans who who have followed us this through this entire journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we used yeah we used to go by Automatic I Am, and then um, over time people just started calling us AIA. Yeah. And so when we decided to rebrand and um, take some time and recreate the the sound, um, we didn't want to entirely abandon what we had created um, up up until that point. So we're like, well, let's just rebrand. Let's just go by AIA. You know, it's an it, it's not ex- it's not necessarily an acronym. Anything about it, right? Yeah, it's more of just. I mean, th- those those aren't words really. You, you have to associate AIA with us, right? It's that's not why like it works so well. Words yeah. where you have to think about where you're forced to think about something else. Mm-hmm. And when you think of AIA, you have to think about us because <laughs> it has no We've other always, meaning. Yeah, automatic <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, Automatic know. I am AIA. It's always been this evolving organism. Um, even when we were just playing rock music, our sound shifted a lot from song to song. You yeah. Know, our, we've always had this dynamic sound, and so our fan base has always appreciated that of us, and so we didn't have to abandon the whole project right. to change the sound. Uh, our fans were willing to go there with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that's always been the journey of, of Automatic AM or AIA or this evolving organism. And I think it fits better in, in this new hip-hop space as well because you can look at artists like 303, P.O.D., um, B.O.B. It's not, it's not unusual to have, it, to have a name like that in this space. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the transition worked smoothly and worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, yeah. what was the... So it was an actual band before, right? It was a band. Right. It was an yeah. actual five guitar. Of us, There's six five of, of you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was this formed in like when did when did you guys form this? Man, like, we've been playing music for like yeah over a decade, well, like I've a been decade writing, and a half. <laughs> I've been writing songs for as long as I can remember. I mean, how old was I when I first started playing guitar? Because I started writing I know, songs like before I actually learned guitar. I don't know. Um, like it's weird because our parents aren't musicians. But us and our two other brothers that we grew up with were all musicians. And mm-hmm. it's like we all just fell in love with music. Mm-hmm. It, it's I don't, for some reason. Um, and 
it was just like in our DNA. And uh, so I was always writing and we'd have like, like little like toy pianos. <laughs> I remember writing. I mean, that's yeah. how long I've been writing is I would write songs on toys, like, mm-hmm. you know, and just write my own songs. And I would yeah, even, like I would the even little recorders with the microphone, the little the red wire. <laughs> yeah. The little cassette. Mm-hmm. Recorders. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. would actually record like, what would then would be like a mixtape? Yeah, you could drop a mixtape for like Christmas. You'd be like, guys, I wrote this right. banger about Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like a little ass kid. Like, Jesus, then, it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, once I learn like you know three or four chords on guitar, then the rest is history. You know, and then I'm just writing everything on guitar. And I basically learned how to play guitar by ear. I had taken a few guitar lessons, and I remember. My teacher was basically like, you, are, you, you here, are, yeah, you already know <laughs> how to play. So I was like, oh, cool. I just kind of taught myself. And so hmm. I knew all the basic chords. And then That'll I learned, be 200 I, bucks. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I learned new chords and different stuff and just, you know, learning by ear and, and just writing constantly, like always writing. And I still do that. I'm 27 now and I'm still writing songs all the time. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, we just had different bands that I would write for and we would, you know, other musicians in the area. We grew up in Muskogee and uh, and met people from Tulsa and surrounding areas, and we would travel and play in surrounding states. Having a band is yeah. hard because it's like, especially when you're young, but it's hard enough to get two people on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, try getting five or six, yeah. And not not even just creatively, but even just in the physical space at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Or to agree on uh, when when we can go record. When are you going to have a week to go record? Oh well, I have time off on this week, or I can go at this time, or you know, my everyone's always so busy all the time. That, yeah. Um, I don't know how people do it, you know, anymore. Right? Coming up, a lot of big bands they don't have to worry about it. They all, they live in different states. They live in different cities, and. You know that that's their full time job, but um, you know, as artists starting out, I it seems virtually impossible to me at this point to think like, oh, I you know, we could start a band with six people and just <laughs> figure it out. And that's a huge <laughs> that's a huge upshot of where music technology is now, where you can just run a lot of those instruments on backtracks when you perform, and so you don't need seven people on the stage. You know, mm-hmm. and I think um, that's why rock music's kind of died and that's why AIA is able to exist for as long as it has is because it's just me and Jordan now we're brothers you know we hang out anyway mm-hmm. and we just make music release it and you don't have to worry about you know extra people whether or not you know they're as fully invested or can show up to all the things and so it's very streamlined very efficient and uh, I mean yeah the, the tech the technology really allows us to allows us that freedom yeah and I want to acknowledge that I did say something slightly controversial. It's just that rock bands have died, and I think they partially have, or they they've been re- reinvented in the least. And I've been saying this for over a decade. And I mean, you just look at the numbers. You know, the bands I used to play at like Vans Warp Tour and um, in the alternative scene, um, there there's not a a thriving scene like that anymore. Um, and I'm not saying that it's crazy. rock the Vans music Warped is dead just, because hip hop has ended, adopted. Right? Yeah, it just ended. Like they're like it's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, hip hop really, I mean, music has has adopted a lot of those, um, a lot of the features of rock music. So I'm not saying that the elements of rock music have died, but bands, rock bands, yeah, that's not really a thing anymore. It's not happening. 
Um, the, it's funny. One of the biggest bands in the world, Maroon 5, uh, third lead singer, Adam oh, Levine, yeah. he acknowledged this, you know, just a few months ago. He's, he said this in, in some kind of publication. Like it was controversial, and people even were, though it's really not. Yeah, people were really be. upset about it. Yeah. They were like, well, what about Black Eyed Peas? And he was like, yeah. It's like, well, that's not really a rock band. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have like Imagine Dragons and 21 Pilots. And, you know, it's, there's yeah, not the closest, a lot. If the closest you can get to a rock band is Black Eyed Peas, and that should tell you exactly where the industry <laughs> you is. You made yeah, my point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of, like I said, but you do see a lot of the, the demarcation between genres kind of disappearing and... Uh, that's really cool yeah. to see a lot of those the elements from the alternative rock scene being and then MGK putting out a whole pop punk album and it being number one on the charts for I don't know how long a long time exactly uh, you talk so. about artists like Juice World rest in peace um, mm-hmm. but yep. his music was very punk I don't know you know mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all are really familiar with Juice World but um, yeah like no organic instruments it's all peep. I mean. No organic instruments in his music, but it still has this just all the punk rock vibes. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I mean, I think it's awesome what's going on in little peep hip hop and in, and in pop music in that way. And it's not uncommon to see you know, uh, you know, people paint them with a the broad brush and just just say you know they're rappers, but um, you know these dudes will have painted black nails and they'll get piercings all over their face and you know, skinny jeans, vans, and, um, you know, punk is just different now. It's not, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, especially my age, that, you know, it's like old man shakes fist at cloud, you know, <laughs> they get, you know, they get, they listen to a lot of these artists coming up, um, like Lil Peep, rest in peace to him as well, um, and they're like, you know, that's not punk, da 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 whatever, and it's like, dude, sit down, old head, like, you know what I mean, like, um, these dudes are saving rock and roll, <laughs> you know, like if you want it to, to die with your youth, <laughs> then it could. But I think we should be thanking these artists, mm-hmm. these artists that are reintroducing these, these elements and making them relevant. If not for them, it wouldn't be cool to have guitar in your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm thankful for it. So true. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, to be a part of it. Yeah. I think they're just kind of, they just like what they grew up with. You know, it's hard yeah. to it's yeah. hard to accept yeah. you know, yeah. new trends, new music, new new stuff just in general. Yeah. Like I find myself I found myself like you know, I grew up with fuck what I listened to. So I loved like I I what was it first? I think it was hip hop first. So I love like Dr. Dre, fifty cent, G Unit, Nas, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then yeah. and then I yeah. moved to rock, you know, and it was uh new metal rock. So Lincoln Park, yeah. Edema, Deftones, uh just those kind of bands yeah. and like man, I love Deftones. And so now, you know, I I start hearing like new stuff and I was like, God, this shit's fucking whack, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You know, I found myself but not really giving it a chance, you know. Yeah. And there's no, some I, stuff that as well. And there's new stuff that, you know, I don't like. Right. But I, after giving it a chance, you know, I like some of it, you know, but still like, I, I look at my, I say like, oh, it's not the same, you know, but it, I mean, you have to, you have to kind of adapt to, you know, it's stuff. also the way the industry has changed. I mean, like the internet is just flooded with music now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's changed how we create it as yep. well. Yeah. The shelf life of music is different than and, it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, yeah. you know, like Facebook gatekeeping you know whether or not your audience can even 
see what you post, hear your music, you know, and so you have to work within all of that. And yeah, on, and so it's it definitely the industry's changed, everything's changed, and that affects the the music that people hear, that artists create. Yeah, I think we consumed music differently to our generation. I think um, we consumed albums and albums, yeah. right, and and collectives and the songs, bass. the songs we listen to, they had this timeless value to them. And not to say that modern music doesn't, but the shelf life of music is much shorter because it's a singles-based industry, and mm -hmm. you drop song after song after yeah. song after song after song, and it doesn't matter if. You know, every song is 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 timeless. Is going to be played in fifty years, right? Because it's mm -hmm. about staying relevant. It's about the the algorithm of social media, and you want to be relevant. And you want to be hot, and you want people engaged, actively engaging with your music. So, mm -hmm. you know, back when I was growing up, it wouldn't be uncommon to have three years or more in between album releases. Yeah. People would just tour off that one record, and so those songs were huge. They were massive, and and that. Those were your songs. Um, it's not like that anymore. Artists are putting out, you know, a single every month, and um, and so if you approach those songs with the same mindset that you would approach music back when we were growing up, then you might end up being disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you just take it, if you find, if you derive any kind of value from it, I think that's great, and you shouldn't let it influence how you view these artists how you view the value of these artists you know what i mean because mm -hmm. if they're putting out a song every month or you know uh, or they're doing all these features and all this other shit then um i don't think it's fair to judge them as if they spent the entire year writing this song mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and i really identify with what you were saying because i experienced that as well where i would see the numbers that that um, these guys are doing um you know, no disrespect to Lil Pump, but, you know, like Gucci Gang and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I, I didn't really get it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, a huge, same I'm a, I'm a huge hip hop <laughs> yeah. fan. Right. Um, but I respect what those guys are doing. I, I think it's great. And mm -hmm. I think it is, it was just, you know, well, not, so it was not approaching it in, in, in a healthy way. Yeah. It was exciting back then though. You know, like yeah. Yeah. You, every Tuesday, you know, you go to the Hastings or wherever to buy an album, new album, and you've been waiting on it or some shit. Hastings, rest in peace. And oh, then, um, that was heaven. Uh, let's see what else. Or like, even like rappers would say, "Oh, you know, sell a million copies, you know, you're platinum." Mm. You don't hear anything like that now. Like, <laughs> no, I know it's crazy. Like, how is yeah. it now? Like, I don't know what he what they do now. Like, yeah. it's just all on your phone and you stream it. Like, well, yeah, it's all about yeah, the numbers streams. are 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 interpreted differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you exactly how. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. And there's a lot of debate about about but people consume the legitimacy music, of people it. consume music differently now. Because I remember when Takashi Six Nine, him and Nicki Minaj, their single was number one on the Billboard charts, and there was a lot of debate around it. It was a big deal in the hip hop community because I guess they bundled. I don't know if it was ticket sales or merch. Like they they had this bundle that went with. Um, like buying the the song and, and in some ways people found that as um ill-intentioned or disingenuous and um people were upset about how the numbers were interpreted like mm. as if they didn't really deserve the number one spot but i only say that to say that yeah you're right it is different now how how we value what's a you know what's a platinum song or what's a number one song or who's the top artist right now because mm -hmm. this artist may be getting all the streams but they not be 
they may not be doing numbers at their shows, mm -hmm. right? Or for example, like Takashi may call someone a bitch or say, I piss on your dead homies. And then everyone watches it. And um, as a result, he's getting all these views Bees. and all this engagement mm -hmm. online, yeah. but everyone might yep. hate his music. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? And That's so, why I was, yeah. was going to make a similar point that people consume music differently. It's not even just about listening to music. It's creating a song that you can make like a TikTok dance to or something. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's all intertwined with the culture. Like it's, it's all about the culture now and how you can appeal to that is a, is a major part of it. It's not just solely about the music. Yeah. It's about staying relevant and you know, the image is, is very important. And I don't say that in any kind of patronizing way or anything like that. It's I about think music it in the sense important. that, that it, ha it has to connect with people. Like, the music still has to connect with people, but just in different ways. You know, it's not solely about, like, being a like an amazing musician. You know, it's, it's about writing songs that are relevant to people that, uh, you know, uh, touches the culture in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that... Um, you can't look at one formula and then try to apply it to your own brand and then be like, well, it worked for them. Why didn't it work for me? You've got to, you have to portray your own value in this space. You know, like you have to, there has to be proof of concept and you may look at, at certain artists, you may look at the Migos or someone like that and say, all right, I'm a better lyricist than them. Like, why aren't I hot? And it's like, you know, you, you have to find your relevance in this space or people aren't going to find it for you. You it's, know what it's I mean? Definitely. Yeah. If nothing else, it's a lot more challenging it uh, is. the music industry th than it used to be. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Because it, you, it do, you do have to um, approach it that way. Like, will this connect? You know, is this relevant? Not just does this song make me feel good or, exactly. or does this song, it, the song, you know, is used to, used to you paper? could be, it's a good on paper like yeah you, you could just take crazy creative liberties and just write crazy experimental stuff you know when um when that type of like rock music was popular and stuff but now um yeah it's very different it's a lot more challenging and i think you, a lot of it has to do with people's attention spans as well and instant yeah, gratification. you have yeah. to figure out how am i going to captivate people how am i going to grab onto people with this hook you're not even well they're not even going to wait for the hook you know you got to captivate right. them right away that verse to has to be that to first verse has to be popping that intro has to grab them right away and so yeah, you have to uh, really, really, and I, I'm tweaking my songs all the time, oftentimes up to the minute that we take them to the studio because we both have OCD, and I, I take that neurosis to my writing, songwriting uh, process. So mm -hmm. I'm very obsessive about it, and and so um, that's why I think I am able to write uh, these hip hop pop songs that are pretty catchy, and uh, and that will just keep evolving. I think. Yeah, and I think that's where you do have to give credit to certain artists, like, um, like Lil Pump and artists like that. You know, the Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. It's like people get hooked by that, right? Yeah. And, and people, um, it's something that gets stuck in people's head. And, and and catchiness is a good thing. And there's there's this this concept amongst people that, you know, pop music is is just frivolous and that it's it's bubblegum manufacturing and that it's not serious music and um it's such bullshit it really is pop is incredibly diff difficult to craft it's easy to to create a song that um 
you know, was just pure emotional catharsis for you as a person, as an individual. It's hard to write a song where the barrier to entry is so low that a massive audience audience finds it entertaining and finds it relevant. And um, it's it's hard to walk that line to, uh, you know, to where people find you an inspiring musician and content creator, but a casual listener who, you know, uses music as a secondary form of entertainment, like while they work out or while they're driving in their car, that listener also enjoys it. And I think the perfect artist who does that really well is like The Weeknd, right? Because mm-hmm. he's just an incredible talent. You can't spin that in any, in any other way than it, you hear him sing. He's an incredible singer. He's an incredible songwriter. But he also writes just these insanely catchy hooks and catchy melodies that, you know, like I, I, I've heard my mom singing the weekend songs and, mm-hmm. and i think that's i think what he's done what abel's done is just incredible yeah 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 who's grown on me is a uh, post malone post malone like, yes i like uh i really didn't like that white iverson song and i kept hearing yeah, it and i was like i, don't I just don't people, i just don't hear i just don't feel it and then people reference that song too much when talking about post malone i guess that was his first was that his first yeah, that was his first, first song hit. that's not nearly and, the best thing he's done yeah and then i was like you know, I listen. I try to listen to it, and I was like, "It's all right." Like, I'm not like catching a vibe of everybody else, though. Right, but right, right. Everybody was thought I was hating. I was like, "I just don't like. I just don't fuck with it." I guess. And then time went on, and you could see the progression, though, yeah. from like the money he was getting. So that was put. That was being pushed into his projects and everything. You know, so yep. it was getting better and better with yep. studio and producers. Yep. And I think his latest album. I think I like that. Um, I was psycho Hollywood. on it. What what's Wait. that one called? Hollywood's on fire. Is Hollywood on fire? No, oh. is that the one with Ozzy Osbourne on it? Yeah, the one with Ozzy Osbourne. That one's good. But then the I one I think before that is good too. The one before uh, that's very good. Beer bongs and Bentleys. Beer bongs and Bentleys insane. is insane. Yeah. yeah, I think. But that was check good. this out. I don't know why I'm. Do you ever on think his, that? Uh, um, album. Do you think up, that Post Malone would have been able to do? What he did with these most recent records, if he had Hollywood's done, bleeding is the name Hollywood of the album. Bleeding. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Do you think he would have been able to write Hollywood is Bleeding if he hadn't done White Iverson? <clears throat> uh, I was going to say that, too. And he, because Post Malone's a good example of, of a hip-hop artist who um, brings a lot of rock and roll aspects oh, to yeah. his image and his lyrical references. And, I mean, he'll bring a fucking guitar on stage and just do acoustic shows. Like. But if he hadn't got his foot in the door by being that White Iverson artist, I don't know if he would have been accepted if he would have just came to the table with this other stuff. That's right. what you got to do, though. Exactly. You gotta, yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. People like, will go there with you. You just have to establish yourself yeah. first. Right, exactly. Yeah. In a way that is authentic. The culture and authentic. And authentic. You don't want to be a culture vulture, which is why Post Malone is accused of this all the time by people, radio hosts like Charlemagne the God. And um, I hear people all the time saying, you know, he, he took hip-hop culture, he came out with White Iverson, and he had the braids or what did he have a grill and and you know and the cars and but then, it's not like um, he just completely switched up like after a cowboy becoming, and he's yeah. got bud light and mm, oh yeah i, I don't that. know if he completely switched up like that though yeah i mean i don't know i'm just yeah because he still is just puts i really don't want to speak on whether or not i don't know whether or not you know he was ill-intentioned he's or, still primarily a hip-hop artist he, yeah it's not like he just did a complete 180 he's undeniably hip-hop yeah. um but yeah i think that 
you know. Well, it's probably about the look because Riff Raff did yeah. that. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Like Riff yeah, Raff had true. this crazy look and yeah. then, yeah. but turns out well, he's he's not even like that. You know, it's all right. an act. You know? Right. So right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just all pretty much an act. And right. Well, I think Riff Raff, he's kind of, of impossible to just like hate because he's so goofy. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, like, he's so goofy that <laughs> yeah. you're like. He's entertaining and that's yeah. the people. Yeah, exactly. Entertaining, yeah. That's 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 the other thing too. You gotta, you know, entertain people. Yep. It goes whether back it's to what we were saying, not just music, but yes. YouTube, Instagram, yep. TikTok. Now it goes so, back to what we were saying. Yeah. You kind of have to be it an influencer. People now. want back to, in the day mm-hmm. these days be because musician. social media is everything these days. People mm-hmm. want music that they can that can that they can make a Snapchat to or a TikTok to. Like, yeah, you and, have to be cool. You have to be cool. And, and yeah, uh, like yeah. I feel like back in the day, you could be like this mysterious, like emo musician. You didn't do interviews and you didn't know how to talk to people, but it didn't matter. You were still cool. And now you have to be a social media star. Yeah. And you have to have some kind of relevance. You have to be cool. You have to be whenever all the kids hop in the car and someone has the ox and they play AIA ballin', mm-hmm. the car has to find it cool. Mm-hmm. Or you're not going to be supported as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're, you're selling a fantasy. Right, that's what you're doing in this space. Mm-hmm. And you have to sell it well. If you're not cool, no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Well, that and then that goes, well, that goes to how much we've fucking grown. Because yep. how old are you guys? You're 27? You're 29. 29. So 29. I'm 33. So I guess my first taste of that was MySpace. Yeah, You put too. your music on your I page. I had Sega, bro. I don't know. It was Zanga. I never you fuck didn't with fuck Zanga. with Zanga. Uh-uh. What oh, was that? Man. What was that again? Like, remind me. So, <laughs> I, 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 uh, it was like I was still, I was still young. I was pretty young. Uh, when with Zanga, I don't know that I ever had a Zanga account, but I, I definitely remember it. Oh, Zanga was but I, weird, man. I came into social media on on MySpace. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't even. I like. I don't know. All I all I remember is, it's basically like. An Android, like you can customize everything about your profile. Like if you want your shit upside down, you can very do that. similar to <laughs> space. Yeah. Like Zanga was mad weird, <laughs> very weird. MySpace, I feel like it was more. It it was MySpace more though was uh, was unnecessarily. Yo, with that top friends. My, I was gonna say, oh, it was, yeah. it was unnecessarily <laughs> controversial. Like, yeah. all right, oh, here's yeah. your, here's your profile. Now pick yeah. your favorite person. Yeah, Bethany <laughs> or Keith, like, and it's like. Yeah, and it, and it was always a thing that's like, bro, you've been dating her for two months and she's your number one. Yeah. <laughs> I've, we've been friends since preschool. It's like, yeah, but she's letting me hit. <laughs> Damn. I was like, bro, you should totally make me your number one. You know, what do I have you to know, do? You know I deserve that spot. What do I have to do? <laughs> oh, you said we're best friends? Then why not number one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, that was such a weird thing to create a hierarchy, (laughs) to create a social hierarchy (laughs) like that on everyone's page. Weird. I'm not, but I I am nostalgic. I did like how your profile played a song. Yeah, Yeah, a list of music and all that. That was where, like, uh, I guess the first taste of interacting with music and social media and all that shit because before that i don't know if there's anything anything before that it was just buying cds 
waiting on the waiting on the artist to make another one mm-hmm. and reading about it and double XL or was, whatever uh, LimeWire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was LimeWire where you waited 2 hours for one oh, song to download. And then you ruined your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that computer. Got that virus. <laughs> yeah. It's like I swear I thought it was T-Pain. <laughs> yeah. We do tend to take that for granted now, though, like just how easily accessible music is. Yeah. And really everything is just so easily accessible. Now. Oh, yeah. Everything's on demand. Dude, so. I know. Yeah. I remember when That's fucking music it first started kind of going on your phones, right? Mm-hmm. But I was still stuck in that mindset of like having an iPod. Yeah. And then it's like I finally would just... You know, I was like, man, fuck, I don't need an iPod. I'm like, I got no, Apple I Music on my phone. No, you know? bro, it's I was so, one of the, I, I was one of the dudes who, I still kind of am the dude who buys a physical record. Like, I love the physical copies. I like having that. I want to buy vinyls now. That's vinyls. I I got some vinyls as well. I want to buy. I need to buy a vinyl uh, record player though. Yeah, but it's crazy because so. it's niche now. It's it's a niche to yeah. to buy records and to have vinyls and. It's just everything's tra- changed so much so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that progression from like. But I'm the same way with video games. Like, yeah. I'm still not downloading my games. I will some of them. <sighs> yeah. But I like to buy the physical game. Ty was. Switch. Me I and like you are both like that. And we still like to buy comic books and we yeah. like that old school stuff. Yeah, I like to smell it. I like the oh, smell gosh. of a comic yeah. book. Of course, mm-hmm. I have a Kindle, but I, I love the smell of books as mm-hmm. well. Ink on page. Yeah. Mm, nothing like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're talking dirty. Yeah. You're talking dirty now. Mm. Well, it's different when you're actually reading and, like, I have Audible, but, yes. you know, like, uh, when you, I just bought some books, like, excuse me, when I was back home. And, uh, but it's a lot different when you're actually, like, sitting there reading it, you know, and I tend to, right now, I tend to read a little bit and then, I don't know, like 20 minutes or a chapter or whatever. And then I just put it aside and think about what I read. You know, like and, that. I, and I'm I like finding that, that I, I, uh, cause I used to hate reading. I used to hate reading. Yeah. It made me fall asleep, but mm-hmm. I think it's because I was trying to finish this book. Yeah. You know, and like trying to, yeah. I don't know, for some I reason. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think that, I think that might call back to some kind of OCD trait of like, because I, I know that whenever I would be reading, if, I didn't read it right in my head. I would have to read it over. Same again. here. That's the vibe. Yeah, that's it's flow right. Yeah. And, uh, I had to basically teach myself how to read as I became an adult. Like I knew how to read, and it was crazy because I was always a really fast reader. And uh, but once I got older, I was like, "Well, I don't. Am I really comprehending everything I'm reading?" And so reading comprehension kind of came later for me. And now, yeah, it's like um, my brain just was wired weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I had to like kind of rewire Same. my brain. Yeah, and then I mean, I'm a writer, and I'm a, and I, I love to read. I read all the time. I just finished a book last night, uh, Sam Harris, The Moral Landscape, actually. But yeah, I uh, I'll sometimes have to read things over and over again until I get it right, until it, it flows right, or until I really comprehended what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I don't know, it has to do with OCD or ADD. Yeah. I had to learn to find that flow of reading. Like I'll I'll get a good flow going where you know all the information's coming in, and there might be a point where I'll just have to slow down the pace a little bit, let it catch up, and then proceed, which is better than before, where it was like sometimes I would just read the same sentence over and over again before it would fully process. Yeah, and now right. it's just more about finding the right pacing and, and flow for that information to to process in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I think I had the exact same experience, really. It's crazy. Hmm. That's interesting. I thought it was the only one. No, <laughs> yeah, no not the same no, way. Like you, like you say, kind of stop and and process what you just read. Like yeah, that's, that's that's basically what I, what I do as well. Yeah, yeah, because like I would, I don't know, man. It was just that's crazy to hear that from you. Where, because I would do that too. I would read it, but it just, I'd feel like it wasn't right or some shit yeah. like that. Like it was. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know, keep, and I get too I in the weeds thing. about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if I feel like I, I miss one like descriptive word, then I'm like, well, that one descriptive word could have completely changed the whole. And now, yeah. so therefore, I need to go well, back. If I'm sitting here, if I'm reading the, a sentence, I get a little too and you obsessive and, and you ask me a question, and I'm like, yeah, and go back, I can't start back where I was reading. I have to start the sentence all over mm-hmm. until I read that sentence without any interruptions, without getting distracted, without. And it's weird, it, I, like, but that's just how my mind works. I have to read it until, all right, that felt right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I move on. I know. Um, and I, and yeah. now, like, because I love to read now. I, I really, really enjoy reading, but I don't have a whole lot of time to read anymore. And so when I do, I have to really try to to not to to. Because if I'm just sitting there reading the same thing over and over again, like how much time am I wasting just doing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know, know what I mean? Straight up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know, you're not really I'll, maximizing just, just, the utility exactly. Of your so time. just find the find the right pace to read this at, and just you know try not to waste so much time unnecessarily. You know, yeah. yeah. Don't don't try to finish it then, like. <laughs> right, and then you yeah, just have like to go understand. back yeah. and then not even have absorbed the information, or have to go back and reread or whatever. It is, yeah, and I think that is this, this completionist thing where um, you feel the pressure of <laughs> wanting to complete it, <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you're not even enjoying for, it at some point. For and real. That, that can happen yeah. in video games yeah. and, and, and anything. It's like, oh, well, I just want to have completed this. Yeah. Like, I have to it's check like, myself. Well, I'm like, I have to check myself sometimes. Like, what's my goal here? You know, just um, am I trying to complete this, or am I trying to extract information, you know? And so lean, yeah. leaning leaning into the latter is... It's the right approach. Right. Yeah, obviously. And it's like, <laughs> am I trying to extract information and fucking enjoy it? And enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And true. enjoy it. Try to enjoy it because I'm not racing anybody trying right, to fucking enjoy it. It's not a race. It's not a race with yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. Man. And when it you're relaxed, weird. when you're when you're relaxed, you're more open minded and you know, it's like kind of opens up that channel and uh in your brain to where the information just just comes in sort of effortlessly. And there's really no payoff of being like, hell yeah, bro, you killed those 10 pages. <laughs> like yeah. you, you, you look at the pages like, yeah, you just read that. Like there's no, there's no payoff. There's no, there's no social currency. There's no, you can look at your significant other and be like, yeah, look how far. Like I did this today. Yeah. yeah. I just started this yesterday. It's like, cool, bro. You're 29. <laughs> you can read. Congratulations. Yeah. Watch the fucking dishes. So what'd you learn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Well, let me read it again. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, um, I hope reading never goes out of style. <laughs> I think everyone needs to, to read. Uh, as much as they can, but it is cool that we have podcasts, you know, and um, yeah. Audible and audiobooks, all that stuff. But I think people are just reading different, you know, Kindles yeah. and people mm-hmm. are reading articles online and 
People are actually, but it's almost reading like reading a lot on their phone and yeah, on Facebook right, and right. on Twitter, and people True. are reading but, all day. But it goes back to the short attention spans. They're mm-hmm. reading, but they're reading little bits and then going on to another bit and then another right. bit that's a completely different topic. And so they're just shifting between these different things rapidly, and that's just increasing the short attention span. It's not, um, yeah, you're right. It's it, not, it's not an effort investment for a right. payoff. Later. I think there is, yeah, a lot of value in just sitting down reading one thing just reading a book mm-hmm. and it like well, reward it, it exercises a different muscle and i think it's important mm-hmm. for people to do yeah. yeah that discipline yeah yeah where the reward is going to come later right but not seeing it as laborious it's it's right primarily should be enjoyable right and uh, i think it is and it can be for anybody if they just kind of allow their minds to slow down and, and enjoy it Right, yeah, because you're right. You do kind of get the payoff in the moment if you're exactly. if you're approaching it correctly. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, well, that might be a tangent, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, mindfulness. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I meditate a lot um, and have been uh, an active meditator, I guess, for uh, f- what like five years now or something, and it's still just a really just more of a, a lifestyle at this point where I'm constantly trying to lean into the moment and uh, it has just had huge payoffs for me psychologically where it's just insane where uh, a lot of my like mental ailments just kind of evaporated over time as I continue doing this practice so um, that I think is a root of a lot of the short attention spans and problems that people have with focusing and paying attention is just needing to learn how to let go of a lot of the noise that's happening in the background of our minds throughout the day and just letting that go and falling into a place of just uh, tranquility in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think much of what pulls us from the present moment is um, letting our mind wander in, in the future or the past and not really, um, receive the present as it is and experience the present moment as it is. We're always tying it into some story about the future or, or the past or, um, or how it relates back to, to some kind of narrative about us. You know, we're not, we're not actually just enjoying the moments as they arise. You yeah. know, we're, we're worried about this. We're worried about that. And, um, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, the point he made about mindfulness and about meditation, I think it's, it's a really important one. Yeah. And we could do a whole podcast about that, but... <laughs> we have before. We, yeah, <laughs> we have. And well, it's hard to, more. like, trying to live in the moment, because I'm learning that, too. Yeah. Like, I would, I would yeah. like, think about all the good times I had in the past... And right. then worry about the future, though. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, what and the fuck? And then you realize there's all these habitual yeah. ways and of thinking that you have to unlearn yeah. and unravel, you know, to get to that place. But, I mean, it's, with starting this, though, it's, you know, it's getting, it's it's be, it's become easy to live in this moment now. Exactly. Where, well, you have to stop yeah, seeking peak exactly. moments. But I think it's because, you know, I'm more happy with, oh, more happy with, like, um, meeting people, connecting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. hearing their stories, uh, having a lot of a lot in common and with everybody. Might just be getting older too, like older us at wiser. this age, yeah. wiser this too, becoming wiser, and just starting to recognize, like, oh, like this is what 
is important. It's not about all these little peak moments. Right. It's like, oh, this is where you get lasting fulfillment. This is what really matters. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I should be leaning into. Like, you start to see the superficiality of everything that you were so invested in before, you know? Yeah. And once you can get a better sense of what actually matters and what brings you lasting fulfillment and contentment, and then you start, you recognize that all of your psychological well-being is is ultimately going to be derived from being in the moment and connecting with people and not just inside your head constantly. Right, because we overestimate what we're going to take. Inner narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we overestimate what we're going to take from these future moments that we're looking forward towards or that we're working towards. We overestimate um, the kind of value we're going to derive from that, mm-hmm. the kind of psychological value, the kind of utility that we're going to be able to apply to our actual lives. Right. We think about, um, you know, sure, I, I'm unhappy day to day going to work, but uh, next month I'm going to that concert. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm living towards. That's what I'm thinking about in my free time. And mm-hmm. that's what's kind of keeping me happy. And um, and then the concert happens. And then what? And, you know, it can be bigger deals than that. It can be getting a degree. It can be getting married. It can be all these milestones that we think that we are putting in um, all of this work, all of this effort um, into a future payoff and um i think that's the wrong way to approach things i think um you know i i don't want to sound patronizing but for me that's the wrong way to approach well well, it's like a dog chasing its tail right i mean you're just constantly Mm. running towards that next fix and then when you get it it's not what you thought it would be i mean like yeah Mm -hmm. that's often the case where you know just looking forward to the thing is giving you more pleasure than the thing when it happens because once it's happening you're already thinking about oh well now where am i going to eat afterwards you're already thinking about the next thing right we're all kind of dopamine junkies we're leaning into pleasure right it's like we're it's like we're fishes we're a bunch of fish in the ocean and you know there's all this bait surrounding us and trying not to bite the bait and get reeled in by these different thoughts is tricky because you don't see the thoughts as bait. You're already you're already fully invested in the thought. It's already grabbed you before you even realized it was coming, you know. And uh, learning how to just swim, you know, and not take the bait of thought of this, you know, like pleasure-seeking behavior mm-hmm. is a skill that you have to learn. And uh, meditation has been the way to do that for me. Um, so I think that's hugely important: just learning how to be in the moment and just swim down the current of life that was really corny but <laughs> retweet <laughs> retweet sis <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> well yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, no yeah. I, under- I understand that like a, a homie daniel was saying you know just stay in the river because it knows where it's going yes that that's river it. is life yep. you know? yes, that's it. and then yeah. don't try to force anything yeah, don't try because to, like, you can't yes. control the flow exactly of- the universe of space and time is just going to to go on and you don't actually have the control that you think you have and this is just you know going down too far down the rabbit hole but me and jordan don't believe in free will you know which is right, really yeah i don't believe philosophical in philosophical territory to go into but um yeah ultimately you don't have control like you said the river is going to flow and you just have to learn how to flow with it and uh, right, you're not like you actually don't your you're not you're not pulling yeah you're not pulling choices out of the ether and just like you're not the god of your own story you're 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 just really along for the ride and you right. just consciousness is not in the driver's seat you are a victim of your biology of your circumstances of 
things that happen to you as a third trimester fetus of um, kind of genetic inheritance. Um, you didn't you didn't encode any of the things of your mind. You know what I mean? You didn't you didn't create yourself, mm-hmm. um, and you are not responsible for even the things you intend to do. You can say, yeah, you know, you you don't have free will in this kind of um, libertarian way in the way that people think that they do because you know you can say yeah if i want to take a drink of this water i can do that but you don't author your wants right and you don't you don't get you know you don't and these concepts really become part of your like subjective experience when you meditate at least it has for me is that i don't feel at all like i have free will anymore yeah. From, from meditating and just coming back to the present moment and uh, learning how to, you know, f- f- just flow, just g- go with the flow. <laughs> it's a completely yeah. cliched term. Uh, it, uh, like, the more I come back to the moment and the less I just go down the, you know, r- random thought patterns, of, you know, uh, the more I become aware of my total lack of free will like you know i'm i'm not i don't know <clears throat> what thought i'm going to think until i think it i don't know what i'm going to say in, until i say it it's just it's this forward momentum that uh there is no place uh the more you come back to the moment and become aware of your experience you know the physical manifestations of being alive and uh just the the experience of of life, the subjective experience, the more, you know, we tell ourselves story all the time, tell ourselves stories that, you know, there's a constant inner narrative in our head and a dialogue. And, uh, uh, we are identifying as, as whoever we think we are inside our heads constantly all the time. And we're feeding into that narrative. And, but the more you can just kind of step back and like feel what it's like to just be alive, just as far back as you can, can go into just the unknown, you know, or, or the unex- previously unexperienced, you know, life, you know, stepping out of your, your memories and your thoughts and your expectations of the future and just trying to contact what is happening in this moment, like getting as close to just touching this moment as you can really reveals a lot. If you do that a lot, like if you keep doing that, then my experience has been, whoa, I am not in control of anything that's happening. And, you know, my thought to pick up this water bottle and drink it did not come from some, you know, magical thinking that, that I initiated. Like, it came out of nowhere. And then the the question of, okay, do I or don't I pick up the bottle, I didn't author that thought either. And ultimately, whether I do or don't pick up the bottle is not my choice, Right. It is a I mean, consequence. You think about it, when you think about it in babies, you never think a baby has free will, right? But they're still creating behavior and they're still um, emulating decisions, right? At what point do people think the cloak of responsibility just begins to fit? I mean, neuroscience has proven this many times that there's no mechanism that develops in the brain that uh, behavior is derived from or even that intentions are derived from. Um, that decisions are created in the brain before they're uploaded into consciousness and then conscious decisions are processed into action. Yeah. And also there is no seat of consciousness in the brain. So like everybody has this feeling that they exist like behind their eyes, like inside their heads, like I'm here, you know, and, uh, 
Like they don't feel like they're identical to their bodies. They feel like they have bodies, but they like exist in their head and they have a, a soul. This is called um, dualism. Yes, philosophy. dualism. But they're that dual nature, you start to cut through that the more you just sit back and say, okay, well, let's find it, you know, so... You didn't know you were uh, going to have a philosophy podcast, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that is an illusion, ultimately, that you can cut through and then realize, oh, there is no demarcation between who I think I am in here and what's happening around me. Like, it's all happening, you know, in this field of consciousness and uh, based on what neuroscientists have shown about the brain is there is it, it's just it uh, it's it's perfectly aligned with with that concept that there is no self. There is no ego because the brain is this, you know, extremely complex pattern of neurons and neural pathways firing all the time. And, and if they're uh, scanning there your is brain no at all little time. there's no tiny version of you just riding those neural pathways like, <laughs> Woo! you know <laughs> yeah. like, and if they're scanning like, your brain at all times they can tell you up to 8 seconds before what you, choice you're going to make before you, you have even chosen yeah or, like you before tell them. you have felt like you have made a choice they can tell you what choice you're going to make by looking at your brain and what's firing in your brain and they can influence that choice through external stimuli whether it be sounds colors um, they can influence the decision you're going to make, and you don't realize you're being influenced. They'll say, well, why did you change your mind? And you'll have an explanation, something you just made up, some bullshit you created <laughs> in your head, mm -hmm. because, because you weren't aware that they were doing an experiment wherein they're manipulating your behavior. They're pulling the strings. Um, and yeah, so if, if your brain was being scanned at all times, um, they would be able to tell what decision you were going to make um, given you know, some set of options before you had decided you were aware of the decision yourself. And that's, you know, based on the, on the current science, based on the current studies, you know, the more it develops, who knows how, how soon they'll be able to, to decide what you're going to do or how you're going to behave. Um, I know this is a long we, we, tangent, but I think yeah. this just really speaks to, um, you know, it goes back to what we were saying about being mindful and living in the moment and, and, uh, just b being in the present and how it can lead to a much more fulfilled life than constantly being in the past or, mm -hmm. or searching for what's going to happen in the and future. And people are so resistant to it. They're so resistant to meditation or just being in the moment. And like there's a, a trepidation there and perhaps fears and people don't want to face themselves and every, everything inside their heads and, it's it's hard, but it's also just you know the way we're wired. It, it's hard to let go of thoughts. It's it's hard to let. That's why people don't like to be alone. It's hard you know, to just con confront your emotions. It's it's hard to just let the thoughts go and just confront the raw emotion that you're experiencing underneath it all and feel the physical manifestations of it and how they're inextricably connected to the psychological aspects of it. And um, and people ask us, you know, why this stuff matters, and it matters when you actually can actually experience it subjectively um but it also matters just conceptually like once you can accept that people aren't the authors of their own actions and they're more victims of their genetics and their environments and their upbringings and mm -hmm. and everything that has pushed them down this current down this stream and uh and so it gives you more empathy both for other people and for yourself right we're all downstream of a bunch of it's prior liberating. these are really liberating that we have no concepts. control over yeah, it, it eliminates a um, 
it, it, it eliminates a margin for hate, right? It's impossible to hate someone when you believe that they're downstream a set of prior causes they have no control but over. But this also like undermines it also undermines a lot of dogmatic beliefs that people hold, and, and so they're also resistant to it for those reasons, you know? Right. This is completely opposed to a lot of religious belief and. If because you free will, you if you throw, throw out free out will, you have to throw out, well, Christianity, really, you have to throw out the, uh, well, theism, you know, theism, the, theism. not just Christianity. Because, well, the, like our parents are super uh, like Pentecostal Christian religious and, you know, their belief is that, you know, we are the sole authors of our choices and decisions and that God gave us like this free will and, and all that is, is, uh, inseparable from their religious beliefs like you can't throw out free will really without throwing out the entire belief system i think people a lot of people think that because there are even some secular thinkers like daniel dennett who's a philosopher who who are worried that throwing out the concept of souls and free will free will specifically that um it could lead to unethical behavior and um but of course that that's untrue i mean i've become a more ethical person since since I've I've done away with all these dogmatic beliefs, and um, I think you, if if you want to start, you can read books by authors like Sam Harris. He has a great book called Free Will, or Sam Harris's book Waking Up um, is is a good place to start about how you can actually find meaning in life um, in determinism, because what we're actually talking about is a philo- philosophical school of thought ca- called determinism, which basically says everything in the universe is determined not by a determiner like a god, but just that, you know, it's like a domino effect since mm-hmm. the Big Bang and before. And the way meditation connects to that is you can actually see that play out in real time, you know, and you can also get this from psychedelics, you know. I don't know if you've ever taken psychedelics or if you would ever... Uh, or, or uh, experiment but it's uh yeah it's it opens up channels in your mind where you it's it's less like being like fucked up and more like you you are definitely there in, in the moment and and things are happening and it's not consistent with your normal experience and that can be totally enlightening for some people and i mean eventually the more you know, and you can have experiences similar to that just through meditating, like just through this process of coming back and and noticing and and, and feeling. Um, and, right, because all psychedelics and, and, and does and is mimic neurotransmitters already existing in the brain. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can experience on drugs that you couldn't experience otherwise in a different setting under different conditions. And these are insights you can have, you know, where it's like, oh wow, you know, like there's a lot of debate and conversations back and forth, but actually just recognizing that, okay, I'm a conscious sentient being, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) let me see what's actually going on under the hood. And if you can, I mean, it's, it's what you find is not what you think would be there. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have a lot of experiences with psychedelics. Do you? Um, well, I read that mushrooms mushrooms can get you there. Yeah. To that sure state can. of mind, you know. He yeah. said they sure can. Mm-hmm. And I always want to try it, but I've never tried mushrooms. Yeah. Kind of. Mushrooms and acid. Acid, yeah. Acid, I heard yeah. acid can too. Yeah. Uh, I remember that scene from Salt Lake I've City. I've heard Punk a lot about DMT. Mm-hmm. Of course, Joe Rogan oh, yeah, is always DMT. talking about DMT. Which yeah. I have had the, the pleasure is... of doing. You did? Uh, you did DMT? I have not had the oh. pleasure of doing it. Oh, was that like? like oh, I know, shit. I was about to. For real? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, that's one that I've just never uh, never come across. I've never had the opportunity. 
I hope you don't mind that we haven't been talking about music for quite some time. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what a podcast is. Right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, why put ourselves in a box? We just talk about whatever, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, that's kinda what we do. Automatic I Am comes from uh, this philosophy of determinism. Oh, Everything is determined. Oh, because he did ask us about the name. So yeah, we tied we'll it back. way back. Way back. Yeah, you were asking about our name. So there's your explanation. Yeah, buckle up. Yeah, so he's buckle up all of that out. And back to the name. So about the name. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. Automatic. I am. So it's it's almost. Uh, but it does tie perfectly to it. It's like uh, it's kind of like a reference. A reference to that, like to determinism. Like I am this uh, person who uh, is operating in the world almost on this just automatic software you know or it's like you're not doing things manually you are just kind of um, part of this larger universe uh, the cosmos if yeah. you will mm-hmm. or in a simulation or in a simulation yeah right that's that's definitely have you guys heard of that one too oh yeah and that and that well could be that fits within uh, but uh, whether the, or not the deterministic yeah, framework yeah. What, as well mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. a lot of uh, most of our great thinkers are determinists. You know, like mm-hmm. Albert Einstein was a determinist. Um, it's it's not an uncommon belief once you get out of theology and out of creationism and out of um, religious dogmatic beliefs. Um, like you know, and, and most philosophers are determinists. Um, so it's not this isn't like some like edge case belief system or or you know, um, it's actually pretty common. But I, I feel like. It's one of the most uh, pressing issues. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, of smart people too who, who who pretend to believe in free will. You know, right? Like, like yeah, because Daniel they're Dennett, they Peterson. they think the consequences would be negative of of people adopting that. Uh, but they're but they're often compatibilists. They're not right. libertarian. They make, yeah, they redefine what free will is basically. You know, like, like, yeah, you don't. You, technically, you can't just override your biology and make a, a, some magical choice that uh, you execute outside of that. Um, but you know, there are some uh, sort of random rolls of the dice that occur in the brain that you can call free will if you want to. Right. Well, basically. compatibilism is more mm. about looking at our behavior and saying that if I did it. If I chose to do it, then that is me. Then technically, I did it. <laughs> technically, it's free will. But we right, don't take credit for, um, we don't take credit for our lungs working or for our, yeah, our red yeah. blood cells, or yeah. we don't take credit. Yeah, for, so, so you know, yeah. so we can talk about the difference between um, like somatic and like autonomic, like uh, neural. Uh, uh, nervous system processes right right that's where the debate is in philosophy no one outside of religious thinkers actually believes in this kind of um traditional libertarian yeah well obviously there's a difference between voluntary there's obvious difference between voluntary and involuntary actions right like your heart beating your lungs pumping that's involuntary uh, but then you can make voluntary actions like the choice to you know like your um motor um um actions such as picking up this water bottle and then we but we take that uh uh and call it free will but it's it's, just because the intention was there doesn't mean it was free will i mean the the intention arose from a sea of prior causes you had no control over there's never been any kind of proof that 
we can just override every <laughs> every prior cause, every biology that something just overcomes right. us and we just create behavior out of both, nothing. Both that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it makes no sense with the naturalistic belief. Um, it's not compatible with any laws of the universe that we know of. Right. I mean, it exactly, would literally be exactly. a supernatural belief to believe that we can override our biology and 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 um, all of our external stimuli and all of our influences and just create behavior. It's impossible. It's not possible. If you decide to behave differently than you have in the past, the impulse to behave differently arose from somewhere. You didn't author it. And that's, I mean, that's really all determinism is. And most compatibilists actually believe this as well. It's um, pretty much the only people who disagree with this are uh, religious folk, I guess. Right. Yeah. And that... um those voluntary actions that we uh, call free will are still, although they have a different qualitative nature and it feels different than, you know, when, you know, the doctor hits your knee and you just have that knee jerk reaction. It feels different because it's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that voluntarily, but that's, that's a superficial difference. That doesn't right. actually mean what you think it just means you're like, aware of- because those voluntary actions still proceeded in the brain before they were executed. You know, right? It's just a difference of what you're aware of and what, and you're, what not. you're not aware of, and whether there was because whether there was an att- uploaded an into consciousness or from a different part of the brain, and then it's processed into action. But if the intent isn't uploaded into consciousness, things can still be processed into action. You just weren't aware of where it came from, mm-hmm. and that's the only difference, really, is intent being processed into consciousness or being you know transferred into consciousness right. before being processed into action or behavior and there's just this this subconscious math going on that is just determining what intentions you have you know what voluntary actions you take like all of that is coming from a place that you are not aware of uh, yeah. And you're aware of the intentions and the desires and the story you tell yourself and then the action when it happens. And it feels like free will, but it's actually being determined before you're even aware of it. There is no way to escape that downstream flow of uh, your own biology and neurology. And this can be frightening for some people to think about, to think about every decision you've ever made or that, that everyone, every decision of the people around you has made. Um that decision was made in their brain before they were consciously aware of it, mm-hmm. right? Some people are uncomfortable with that. Um, and, you know, if they are, they should, you know, stop thinking about it, maybe turn this podcast off and do something else. But um, for me, I find it, uh, it's a very peaceful idea. It's liberating. It's liberating of a lot of the things that I associate with anxiety, you know, um, I don't. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about things anymore. Worrying about um, well, mistakes that's the thing, that I've made. Like, yeah, or, yeah. When you can accept a, a, an idea like that, a lot of what you worry about just starts to seem very insignificant and mm-hmm. trivial. And it seems like you can let go of a lot more. Right. You don't hold on to things the way that you used to. Like, yes. How could they do this to me? Or how could I do that to them? Or I can't believe I did this. The thing is, if you rewound. Uh, the tape of your life, you could not have behaved differently without a different set of circumstances, right? If it, that, that one thing that you lay up um, in your bed at night, replaying over and over and over again, uh, if you rewound time, you could not have done that differently without the circumstances of your brain having been different or the circumstances of your environment having been different. There's no other factor at play there. So I think once you let go of that, 
once you come to that realization, you don't have to worry. You don't have to live in the past anymore. You don't have to keep replaying your regrets over and over again in your mind. To have behaved differently, you would have had to have been a different person. If I switched places with you, Adam for Adam, I would be you. I mm-hmm. would have made every decision you've ever made. There's no other mechanism at play. There's not a soul riding around in my body creating behavior that could be transferred into your body. Right? You are who you are. You have your biology. You have your genes, your upbringing, your prior causes, your family, your taste buds, everything. And this creates behavior. Behavior doesn't come from anywhere else. And I think once we realize that, um, we can let go of things. And this doesn't have unethical outcomes. It hasn't in my life. It's not like, you know, I just do uh, selfish shit and then I'm like, oh, well, I didn't have any other choice. It's made me such a better person. I feel like I'm a better person today than I've ever been. Yeah, you feel it's the empathy. The empathy intensifies for, for other people because you you start to see people not as, you know, if someone does something, you know, and the way we generally treat people, I mean, just look at our criminal justice system, is like you authored that choice and, and they isolate the action from the rest, everything mm-hmm. else. Like they just isolate this one incident or, or maybe multiple incidents, whatever it is, but... You don't actually see what was happening in that person's brain, and um, and it's interesting. There are a few examples of this where, like, you know, the serial killer who was like, uh, you know, before he had what was it the who, the clock tower shooter clock tower in Texas, in Texas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah. What was it? he said? He had he, he th- said something's wrong with my. There was brain. definitely something he going wrong with his know. brain. He left a note. He was like, "Look at my brain," because there's definitely something wrong here i'm not i don't want to do this whatever they look at his brain after because he killed himself afterwards right yeah and they found that he had a tumor pushing on his amygdala yeah and uh it's crazy uh, um so cases that's like just that one example obvious. but yeah yeah right, but i mean it doesn't the have the to more be obvious we understand about our brain the more obvious every case would be yeah and so it makes you more empathetic to people it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a criminal justice system obviously you have to keep dangerous people away from people they can harm you know um, You're just unfortunate to have been born with the mind of a criminal, <laughs> right? You know, but you have to. That's, but if people accepted this, we'd be way more empathetic towards those people. And instead of just taking a punishment, punishment approach, we could focus more on helping people. You know. What's interesting though is if you ever look at the family of defendants in court, they all of a sudden really understand we don't have free will as they start to explain away the defendant's behavior. Right. Well, he had a rough upbringing, and you know his. You know, his dad beat him and he was abused and this and that. And as soon as it comes to someone they love having done something bad that they're being punished for, they start to explain away that behavior. And I think that's because we're all actually aware that prior causes influence and create behavior. And emotion drives all of it. Because if you're the victim or someone you love is the victim, then that person is, you know, like you flip the script and it's, you don't look at any of, the, right. of those monster, pr- prior causes. They're, they're a monster. They're, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's it's just an emotional response people have to to being, you know, harmed or uh, 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 someone taking some negative action against them that that uh, they just want to view these people as a monster. They want the swift mm-hmm. hammer of justice to come down on them as hard as possible because it's this it's just emotions. Emotions are driving humans all the time and becoming more aware of them and how to let go of them and just how to see things as they are right. is a like skill it's a skill people like how your parents look at you like whenever 
um, you do something. And if, if someone's talking bad about your kid, you know the full story of their upbringing and their prior causes. And you say, oh, well, when he was a kid, this happened. Or, you know, you, you, once you catch sight of this sea of prior causes, the free will you're attributing to someone just starts to dissipate. It starts to disappear the more you understand of their story, right? Um, because you, you, can, you can start to see why certain outcomes are the way that they are. I mean, look at the mind of, of a famous rapist or serial killers, and, and we delve into their past because we realize that that behavior just isn't created from some corrupt soul, we realize that that behavior is is created from some cert, some set of circumstances that have created physical outcomes, tangible outcomes in the real world. And that's why we have documentaries about it. If it was all up to just having a corrupt soul, there would be no documentaries. Someone just had a fucked up soul and they killed some people, the end. But we, but we know that uh, behavior, that prior causes creates behavior, that upbringing, that um, our environment, that our genetics... All of these things, where we went to school, who our parents were, all of these things shape who we are. And that's where the name Automatic I Am comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> I don't know, Russell. You want You have anything to say? God damn. <laughs> that's where the name comes from, everybody. Yeah, that's Jesus that. Christ. The end. <laughs> No, I think, uh, well, like you gotta, you gotta approach all this stuff with an open mind. You know, absolutely. it's like, absolutely, and that's lacking. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to kind of, I guess, look into stuff. Like, yep. I mean, like, okay, so. Well, people have lives in the real world that they have to attend to all the time. You know. Yeah. As well. And, but I mean, there's more than like just a religion. You know. Right. Like, there's more the. I mean, there's all kind of like stuff that people talk about. Like I heard, uh, when you die, you know, you don't, you don't end up like heaven or hell. Like there's this other thing where you die, you end up, you end up in another universe (laughs) on another like planet or some shit. So you live that life or like when you're, when you're dreaming and you die in your dream, that's somebody that's you in another timeline dying. And so that takes the energy away from you while you're sleeping. And then there's the Matrix, you know, like yeah. I remember when I watched the Matrix when I was a kid, I didn't really get what it, I just like the fighting scenes. Right. right. Yeah. I watched it when I was adult and I was like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually a deeply philosophical <laughs> film. Yeah. Really? For real. Yeah. Have, you, have, have you watched it, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised because uh, that I haven't, quite frankly. Yeah. It was because uh, Derek had gone. I don't know. I didn't ever watch it growing Christmas. up. It's kind of an older movie now. And. I never just. Well, the first one's a trip. The first one, like when you're older and you're old enough to understand a lot of stuff and you're open minded about a lot of stuff and you watch it like the first one's like he's a hacker and then Morpheus finds him and then he's like, take the red or blue pill, you know, and then he takes what is the which one does he take the red? I can't remember. I can't remember either, but he takes one of those pills and yeah, he spoiler if you haven't watched it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care. No, but he I've, takes. I, I mean, I've heard references to it a lot. Yeah, but he takes. I, a, think I get the gist of it. He, he takes whatever pill and he wakes up um, in a fucking egg sack or some shit that yeah. the machines are making, huh. and so you know wow. he busts out of it and he's like a, he's all slimy and shit like you would coming out of a womb. Yeah. Right. And so they get him and they tell him like 
this is the real world. Like, this is what's happened to the real world or some shit. But what's crazy, though, is like, and that could be true. I mean, we could very well be living in the Matrix, but that um, doesn't, I mean, that really, it doesn't matter either way when it comes to, like, what we're talking about. Like, even if we are living in a Matrix, you still have to accept that this Matrix we're living in is predetermined because, mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not it's all a dream, it doesn't matter what the, what the context of, of our existence is. All you have to do is is look closely to see that you are not authoring any of it, right? So that's kind of really just... You, you can't really disprove that, and you actually can't prove it to be the case uh, by yeah, the same would be if we were in a meditating, yeah, or even you can just understand conceptually based on mm-hmm. what psychologists and neuroscientists have shown... It's just weird because we know these things about the brain that that our actions are predetermined, but we just don't apply that to our culture and society. It's like we just separate those facts from the way that we actually operate in society. But it is true, you know, whether or not it's a matrix or whatever else is going on here, Mm -hmm. that we're not determining any of it. And we are experiencing something. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever is going on, whatever we're a part of, we're, we're conscious. experiencing it. The lights are yeah. on. And the we're, lights are we're on. We're here for the ride, here. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we may as so well. that's one thing that can't be just that that just is true, you know. Like that's that's a truth, a fact about our existence that we can know for sure, <coughs> because mm-hmm. we don't have to know anything else to know that, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, my only advice is if you don't want to look in any of this, just live in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And don't think about the don't, past. Right, right. Don't right. worry about the future. Yeah. Yeah. If and you, don't if, put if you, too much weight on other people's choices. Just accept that people are who they are and, and you know, maybe you want them to be better and you don't and, have to and, like them. And however yeah. you can help them be better, you should. Um, because I mean you can't intervene in the you know, uh maybe update the software of this person's brain, if you will, through some input that you um something you said or did you know uh, can have an effect on people's minds and mm-hmm. uh, so it is important to be a good person in this world but not to judge people for their behavior that they did not author uh, behavior yeah. actions etc cosine yeah <laughs> <laughs> before you get too deep in the weeds well let them be who they want to be exactly yeah. you know saying 100 like, yeah I mean that's hard though like you know I had to like right now, like I live in how I want to live, be whatever the fuck, you know, wear what I want to wear. But it's hard, like, you know, because I grew up in a like a small town or whatever, where if you didn't have like this, like shoes or like yeah. what what's trendy or whatever the fuck was back then, like you were just like made fun of or like fucking, you know, like, I mean, you yeah. that's how society is. But yeah. I think it's changing now to where. People are just kind of being who they want to be. Great. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, I've noticed think, that too. Yeah, I mean, and you, but there's also a a pretty heated division in the culture um, related to politics and, and other things where people seem to be hating people more uh, on some level, but also being more accepting. And a lot of that is coming from from extreme extreme ends on both sides but you know in general people seem to like the 
the arc of moral progress seems seems to be bending towards uh, justice to, to take that old expression or that old saying who was who that Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and so that's really I mean that's great you know people being more open and accepted and a lot of people are resistant to it but you know they'll hopefully those people will you know their their ways of thinking will just kind of vanish into history as we as the rest of us progresses and moves on as a society yeah I think I agree I think that a lot of that old traditional bullshit that the toxic masculinity and the and then on the other side you know you that the, the clicky mean girls type shit all that's kind of i think becoming more and more irrelevant people are talking about their depression and talking about their mm-hmm. mental health and mm-hmm. talking about uh, poverty issues like um you know i think i think that's a good thing you know and i, I think uh th- even a lot of people in in pop culture a lot of celebrities are talking about you know there are famous celebrities who are bipolar who are add ocd who are deeply depressed who are suicidal and they talk about these things and it's not like weird anymore people don't treat you like you're sick anymore you know what i mean yeah Um, people are more accepting of it and as a result other people are talking about it and yeah i think i think that's a positive thing i I was reading online the other day i was i read complex a lot and a lot of hip-hop publications and uh, no jumper and people were giving kid cutty shit for painting his nails um, and i'm like one, man that's I just like that. i just saw like a if your masculinity but, uh, is triggered by another man's nails it's more fragile than you'd like to let wearing, on he was wearing the mando helmet and he had his fingernails painted. yes okay, yeah I've yeah seen that I on Twitter. That, uh, and, and they were triggered that he wore that dress on snl as oh, well tr- and it's like i don't know like that's so who fucking cares who cares like, who gives a shit? Like we're whether still talking about nails we're still painted. we're still like, getting heated over clothing choices. Like over come cosmetic. the fuck on, like, it's, it's fucking a, clothes. People like, think it's tied if we to can't some get past that, like come on. Yeah, and and people seem to think that it's 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 tied to some kind of transcendental idea about uh, some the queer agenda or the Illuminati and uh, emasculating men. And it's like no, it's just it's not that serious. <laughs> you know like it's kind of like this double-edged sword of the internet like everyone's more connected and in some ways have become more empathetic and open but at the same time they get all this bullshit information just beamed right to their brains and all these conspiracy theories have just flooded the internet and people just believe all kinds of wild and shit people don't realize that people don't see that it's contingent on the culture you live in because if you go back you know however long you, you see different colors were associated with different genders or different you know, men used to wear fucking wigs and, and all kinds of shit. Like, it's not... There is no transcendental meaning to right. it. Right. They're just clinging to this cultural construct in America. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That, you know, and attaching too, to too much significance to it. Attaching too much significance to it, yeah. 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 Well, I like... I like conspiracy talk, so yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. no hey, Don't get into that, guys. Yeah, okay. Don't get into that. <laughs> no. <I'm not. laughs> no. Are you guys on TikTok? Uh, we're just starting it. Yeah, we've uh, been talking about. You should. We've made our first TikTok. We just haven't dropped it yet. We haven't. We need to uh, finish comp- making our account and and drop that, and then we'll just keep putting out content. Yeah. What, what did you do? It was an it's acoustic actually, video, right? Just like a, you're dancing. No, we're we're just putting out uh, music content. Oh, first. Well, I was gonna say you guys. We're should, gonna get into the, to stuff like that. Yeah. You should talk about what you were talking about the phil- uh, yeah. philosophy. Yeah. Because there's, have you ever seen the videos about? People do that. They just put the phone in front of them and then they just talk about. That's where yeah, I, absolutely. that's where I hear about the yeah. the fucking simulation, that, the yeah. 
other universe shit. Just drop people, little tidbits. The here and there. Project yeah. Blue Beam, like yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, people just put it there, and then they just talk about all that, and then it gets like all and kind of shit ton of views. Uh, we can be funny sometimes. Yeah, and, and we might make we little. Started doing our own podcast um, as well. We've done like little like funny bits and stuff, and so we'll do like maybe little kind of funny oh, comedy bits on our, on, our, on, on our TikTok. Yeah, uh, so our we'll do popping, so. Yeah, we'll man. do funny stuff, smart stuff, music stuff, just whatever. Like, just be really engaged with it. Mm-hmm. Our vine was crazy. Yeah, it took me a while to get on TikTok, but I was like, I, I guess I need to yeah. because that's where I've, it's heading now. Yeah, I've been know? on yeah. there personally for a while, but we're just now starting up our our band uh, account. So uh-huh. yeah, so it's AIA. On TikTok. Well, it's You're, it's probably gonna be. It's gonna I don't, be. I don't right. think. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we've finished establishing our account. My girlfriend, she's on TikTok and she's always posting makeup <laughs> shit. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> cosmetic shit. <laughs> yeah, some of it. I like the funny shit on there, but I always go down. I don't know how. I guess the algorithms of conspiracy yeah. talk. Then it goes scary talk. And yeah, but I mean, it's, it's I've posted a few you know? little funny videos that I made onto mine, but I haven't really. I don't spend a lot of time watching the videos on there. But that's cool. If they have content like that. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, and they get a lot of hits on there. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, Post some content. We'll share it to our other socials. So if you follow us on Twitter, at AIA Music, I believe is our handle, mm-hmm. or you can get on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash automatic I am or Instagram AIA music again on Instagram. And well, yeah, once we have our TikTok ready to go, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know about it on our socials. You got to break into that scene, man. TikTok's well, popping. TikTok is Fuck for real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TikTok has just consumed everything. I mean, TikTok is the thing. I mean, if you, yeah. t- if you want to be relevant, you got to be on, there, on TikTok. You ain't doing shit. That's it. But yeah. we about to be up in it. We about to be up in it. Indigenous TikTok or like scary talk, conspiracy yeah, TikTok so or whatever. The, I'm Pawnee. Pawnee. Yeah, Pawnee. Okay, we're Cherokee. You're Cherokee? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then you work at uh, uh, yeah, River I Spirit. At River Spirit Casino. Yeah. yeah. Trader. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on out, bro. Come to the dark side. <laughs> hey, I used to work there. It was, uh, it's all right. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's pretty chill over there. Like, I worked at Osage after that and don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say, yeah, they don't seem like they're having a good time. Like, anytime I go in there, yeah, the vibe is weird. It's a lot of stress, man, yeah. especially for GSRs. You know, uh, it's it's a lot of weight on their shoulders, and it's just that's where I worked before I started this. You know, it was a lot of it's really good money, bro. It was like so it's cake money, but like a year ago, I wouldn't even I I, I wouldn't ever thought of like even like having like these opportunities like a year ago mm-hmm. out of the year ago i was just in here in my room playing 2k right yeah. <laughs> not doing shit wondering like because i quit osage and i was like damn like what the fuck am i gonna do you know right and then i had this in mind but i just too afraid to do it you know because yeah. i was in my head well, to, you you do videos right you said you're like a videographer a video, videographer yeah oh, okay. and then you decided to get into podcasting well podcasting first but i went to school for uh new media oh and so yeah, yeah perfect you know, in the did, perfect space didn't finish didn't finish because i owed a bill but you know mm-hmm. i bring people on here that are videographers that right. kind of yeah. just started on their own yeah. So then it's like, well, why the fuck can I do that? Well, no, that's like, what's stopping dude, that's, me. That's yeah. how I was with my book, with writing. Like, uh-huh. I was initially going to school for journalism at NSU, and I, I never finished it. But I was like looking at all these people self-publishing, and 
I was like, well, f- why, why can't I do that? Yeah. Why can't I write a fucking Well, book? our videographer, he didn't go to school or anything, right? For, no, yeah, I don't I think. Mean, he just kind of picked it up, started doing it yeah. uh, a few years ago, and now, I mean, he does incredible work. Yeah. He's killing it. He's Brandon, killing it. Brandon Warnock. Brandon Warnock yeah. Shout out to the homie. As long as you fucking do it, like, you just educate yourself. I yeah. mean, the stuff I learned in school, it was Final Cut, and it was older fucking max like it was older and you had to there was a way to upload your shit now you know i do it on my phone and i just airdrop it but with (laughs) yeah that's the thing with having access to the internet you have access to unlimited information like the traditional channels of of learning are irrelevant and that's it sucks that you need a piece of paper to um to justify that you know something whenever we all have access to information now. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a guy on It's a, just the paper trail. That's all that's that's relevant. Yeah. Uh, shout out Native, tic, native TikTok. Native uh, Talk. Native Film Talk. Sorry. Shout out to Native Film Talk, uh, the host of that. His name's Ian, right? Mm-hmm. So he was talking about on one of his episodes where, you know, he just finished school and then he was like, I kind of wish I didn't because now if you go to podcasts, there's all kind of information, knowledge being shared from exactly like, you know, and it's just yep. learn. You can put your headphones in and you could learn podcasts, whatever, you know, yeah. there's indigenous studies on there. And I listen to that sometimes, you know, just to learn about different tribes that I don't even fucking know about, you know, right. I mean, it's, That's great. and I mean, there's like so much info out there yeah. to where, Bro, and I mean, look at Joe Rogan. Like, exactly. He didn't, he yeah. doesn't have a degree, right? No, and it, no. And look at him. Like multi-million dollar Spotify deal. What was it? A hundred million over a hundred million. Yeah. Like, he just learns from his guests. He, he brings guess. people on like, and that's what he, that's how he he's learns. He's vibing. He has yeah. a degree. <laughs> like, <laughs> he has a degree in uh, making people lay in beds of tarantulas. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Fair yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fair Factor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally respect that. Like, you know, like. there's no excuse not to do the damn thing for real at this point no like that's what i'm trying to say like people are too invested in their pride here's the thing like your first episode's gonna suck your first song is gonna suck your first time writing is gonna suck your first pictures are gonna suck your first videos are gonna suck Mm -hmm. and that's just what it is what it is if if you want to be great you have to suck first yeah and people are too afraid to suck so you know, they'd yeah. rather not do anything and they'd not put themselves just out there. Blow up after the first thing. And it happens. Ex- yeah. It happens, and, but and, right. People but yeah. People have to realize that Rome wasn't built in the fucking day or exactly. night or right. whatever exactly. the however it goes, you know. Right. Like it yeah. takes time to exactly. build yourself up. You know, and then like somebody said, you know, when you do blow up, it'll come at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. and you'll be ready, you'll be primed, yeah. you'll be you'll have all the info, business, whatever you need in right. order to be successful continue being successful with whatever comes your way well i think people think their reputation is safe in the dark right people don't have to know you suck if they never hurt you (laughs) right or they've never seen you and (laughs) and people are that tied up in their own ego yeah yeah you gotta let that shit go that's how it was too man like i mean it was always like damn i'm gonna sound stupid damn nobody's gonna fucking listen nobody's gonna look at you now but yeah, I mean, it's, I had to let go of that fucking stupid mindset yep. of mm-hmm. everybody's gonna hate it or think yeah. I'm dumb or right. think you know this but means all you nothing. Have to do exactly, is show people show people the potential that's there. Oh fuck and, yeah! And, and you will have go there people. with you. You will yeah. have those haters and waiting have to, to patronize and, you. Oh, mm-hmm. Right, right, because they don't want to see em. you succeed. Yeah, you know, they, there's yeah. jealousy and all kinds of uh, emotions tied up in that. But yeah, you can't you can't let that sidetrack you. Oh yeah, because yeah, it's it's their problem. You know, 
Yeah. And yeah, and and the people who are aren't ill-intentioned, they will receive the value that you create from mm-hmm. it. They'll it, it will be a perceived sense of value from your audience and that's that's clearly happening. Right? And and uh so I think that yeah, I think once you once you let that go and once you realize that the haters are going to hate regardless, then you know, you can truly do what you want to do and and be successful at it. And you got to realize that there's a shit ton of people here on this where we're at, right? They're going to fucking, somebody's going to like what you're doing and they're going to tell their people and then they're going to like it. So, I mean, I think it's just more of like, I live in this town, a small town or whatever, and I'm going to put out something. And I think you're just thinking of like this place where you're at people aren't exactly. gonna like it when there's like well, a who whole you telling fucking... man we're out here dropping music videos <laughs> like pop pop music yeah and it's like you know you're gonna be intentionally judged by the people in your area you For know real. what i mean yeah but yeah. it's like you know the people who don't appreciate it we're not writing it for them yeah and then you gotta have your your own like little group your own little circle that yeah. will encourage you and be honest with you too. Like that's the beauty of yeah. the internet. It's not handing out your mixtape to yeah. people at the mall anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you know I can send my music directly to the people who I think want to hear it through targeting, through ad targeting, and mm-hmm. and through shared spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, spaces, online spaces of people with a shared mindset who are into uh, a similar thing, and um, and that eliminates the difficulty of a barrier to entry whenever you have to share your art with the people in your physical region. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, the internet has created a global culture, you know, and all these little niche spaces for, uh, for people specifically into whatever it is you're doing. And I, I, I think that's great that it's not, it's not up to people in Oklahoma <laughs> being cool with your <laughs> hip hop pop act anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm saying, like, when you guys are you able to like with podcasts before I stopped looking at it, um, my host, it was like getting pretty big in Dallas, Texas. Mm. So with music, are you able to see like where it's being listened to more or streamed or uh, as far as like the analytics of our yeah, specifically, yeah. I don't know those numbers really. I don't know the details. Yeah. You generally can't link it to. Yeah. I want to like know if where... music was the same. Yeah, like, no, yeah. it's basically just kind of faceless views and streams. Oh, you know, okay. you don't really know where they're coming from oftentimes, but you do we'll have people, you know, reach out and say, Hey, you know, come come to wherever the fuck they're at. <laughs> so we know when people that we have fans out there, but yeah, yeah you know, you can't really link all those uh all of the um activity to certain areas. Mm-hmm. Although I think the demographic like skews more female. I think we know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I think that's about the, the extent of right. <laughs> what we know. Right. Females like eighteen to early twenties, I think, is like the core. Oh and yeah. That's for pop music in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just yeah. this space. Yeah. Well, I like your single "Ballin'." Thanks, Ballin', man. You know, Thanks. I listened to it because uh, I think I checked your profile out when we, uh, I think it was last week, and I was like, oh, shit, I better listen to that, you know. But, <laughs> but I keep having to, like, do a bunch of shit, and I was like, I think right. I was driving, we were driving somewhere, and I jammed it out, and I was like, man, it's pretty good. Like, Thank you, bro. Like, Thank you, man. We're really proud of it. Yeah. I appreciate that. 
And because like uh, I remember when I met you at the casino though, you were Charlotte was like, uh, yeah, you do, they do music and all this, and, and you were telling about the music video in Dallas, and I was like. And, and then you didn't, we didn't really get to talk because, you know, guests were coming up with jackpots yeah. or whatever. And I was like, well, what kind of music is it? And then that's when I checked out your profile and then it said AIA. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And then like just prior, like last week, that's when I finally checked it out. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. Like, well, it's, I mean, you're it's pretty dope. You're doing this all the time. And you're I appreciate that. Guests and you got to check out their stuff, too. So. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, we and, appreciate you getting around to it. We're proud of it. Um, the The quality of the song is still not uh, what's got on the level of what's to come. And that's just uh, part of the grind. You know, it's um, ballin'. It's not the production. It's not necessarily at the level of what, of the songs that play on the radio. Um, but people need only to evaluate the song itself, the written song to see the merits of it. But I am happy with, with how it turned out. I think it sounds great, but the uh the overall production quality is just going to get better uh with each song as we refine that process um but i feel like the, the the content has been there for a while our ability to write these songs and i think that's why we've had a lot of fans um come along for the ride but yeah i'm really excited for for what's to come yeah boy <laughs> <laughs> just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> you know what the fuck going on? <laughs> well, guys, uh, this has been fun, man. This has been yeah. fun getting to know y'all and you know talk about all kinds of shit. Up. And then yeah, and then, you know, led <laughs> into other things fun. too. But fuck, man, this was a. I had a good time, man. I had Dude, a great this time. This is an interesting conversation. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd love to have you I, back on. You guys are welcome Dude. back anytime. You know, Let's uh, do it again. if you got another back. single to drop or your album's yeah, gonna yeah. drop, come on and we'll. Could, yeah, this could be we'll a, fucking promote it. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Hell we'll yeah. have to be a returning guest. Yeah, for real. For real. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you for just letting us talk about random shit. Yeah, yeah. I hope that 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 you know translated. That translated to, that translated to your uh, the name of yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 because that was the whole yeah that was that was that was <laughs> yeah the purpose of all of it yeah yeah <laughs> but honestly man thanks for having us this yeah. has been yeah this has been a pleasure it's been a lot of fun absolutely yeah, yeah. hell yeah we'll be back we'll see, if you'll have us we'll see you next time Once yeah again, AIA look us up look up AIA ballin on YouTube uh, that's our newest single. Yeah, yeah, shout all that out right now. Yeah, yeah. Facebook won't let us promote that shit, yeah. so go get it. <laughs> go go yeah, check it out. Uh, go share it. You can get it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that shit. Um, follow yeah, us on our yeah, socials. Yeah. You got something to add? Yeah, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, SoundCloud, like follow us on SoundCloud. Button. Stream our music there. Um, all our singles, you can buy them on iTunes. Um, yeah, follow us on all our socials. Get at us. We out here. And it's not called iTunes anymore. It's just Apple Music, bro. You living Apple in music, the past, Apple bro. Music, bro. You're living in the past. <laughs> Shit, that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, Signing off. Peace. All right, we guys, out. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Um, if you're not subscribed, I mean, uh, go follow them, everybody. Go subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube channel. Go check out that single, Ballin', and all the other work they've done before that. And uh, be prepared for their new stuff coming out, you know. And they're gonna come back on, promote it. I mean, we're gonna just we're gonna do it up, man. They're gonna be back on. Hell yeah, we um, had so much fun, dude. Yeah. We, we can't we can't wait to do this again. <laughs> this this is awesome. Great. We love it. 
Okie then, podcast shout out. Okie yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's know. lit in this they bitch. Know. They know. Hey. They already they know, know what it is. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so please subscribe to Okie Podcast. If you haven't, I would say just Google it. It'll show up. It's everywhere. It's available on every platform. Follow follow Jordan and Justin. Make sure you keep up with them and everything they're doing. And uh, yeah, I guess until next time, everybody. Peace. Jordan Brown. Peace. Justin Brown. Jay Beezus. JL Beats. We out here. Jay Beats. We out. Peace. Told her, man, she was loyal. Oh, what a damn lie. And now she had my grip on her knees with her hair tied. She take it to the neck and blow my damn mind. Oh, cause I'm ballin', 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 ballin'. Yeah, she know I do the damn thing. Ballin', ballin', I'm ballin', 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 ballin'. Baby, it ain't a damn thing. Baby, it ain't a damn thing. Baby, it ain't a damn thing.